0: Hey, welcome to the Raising Deaf Kids podcast. I am currently sitting in my bed with my laptop while all three kids are home from school today and they're all doing rest time. And I've got my mug of warm, hot coffee. It's my Luke's mug from Stars Hollow. Shout out to the Gilmore Girls fans in here. And y'all, I have just had a day today. <laughs> I have been back and forth doing my kids' school three times today. Can you all believe that? And also, what moms out there feel me on this? So I have three kids, and my two kids who are in school, I had to go back and get them at different times because they were both sick. So I've got a house of, like, three sick kids right now. My five-year-old was, like, getting sick at school this morning, like, 30 minutes after He got to school. So like I literally got home and had to turn around and go right back to school. And then my eight-year-old called me at like one o'clock and said that his stomach was hurting. Although, like suspiciously, he was not acting as sick. I mean, my five year old when I picked him up, like he has been sick. Like you can tell he does not feel good. I don't know, guys. My eight-year-old came like bounding out of the office, like happy to see me, full energy. So I still made him do rest time just to emphasize that when you're sick and not feeling good, you need to rest. Because he full out wanted to come home and like play. And I was like, you called me to pick you up from school early because you're sick. (laughs) But literally all I've done today between me and then me and my two-year-old is we've just been driving back and forth to school like four or five times. Which is not like a super huge project because we live in a smaller town and their school is across town, but you'd have to go through the downtown. So like, you know, about eight times today, (laughs) been back and forth to school and boy, am I excited and glad just to sit down in my bed while everyone's resting, drink this coffee and chat with you guys today. And I also want to tell you guys something else. Oh, and by the way, I just had to tell you all this, and he was having, like, a phone outage today, so also this morning when, like, the school was trying to call me and text me and stuff, like, my phone wasn't on network, of course, like, today of all days, when all my kids are sick and need to come home, my, like, I wasn't able to, like, send or receive text messages or, like, get phone calls or, you know, send phone calls back out, so I don't know, y'all, like, you know, you probably feel me because you're probably all parents on this podcast, so. <laughs> Hopefully you're just sitting there thinking, yeah, yeah, girl, me too. If you've had a day, I hope that you can take some moments to relax and listen to this podcast today. And as I was saying earlier, I am so excited just to sit here, relax, and talk to you guys because I just really feel like you can't see me on the screen. But when I sit down, I really feel like I'm just sitting here. I usually have a mug of coffee and I'm just like chatting with you guys. And I also want you to know that I actually wrote the outline To this podcast today, while I was sitting in the doctor's office this morning with my five-year-old, we were getting him tested for the flu, which he does not have. No flu, no RSV, no COVID. So the big three, he does not have. You know, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. That's a good thing. He's still sick, but, you know, not the three major ones. So anyway, we were sitting there waiting for his flu test to come back. And, you know, so I was like, hey, why don't I do, you know... This podcast outline. And so I did this podcast outline on the Notes app in my phone while I was sitting in the doctor's office with, you know, my five-year-old today. And I just say that to let you know that I am always thinking about you guys. You know, apart from my family, you guys are my number one. I love, love, love like really and truly helping parents out and you know, every time I am doing with my own kids, you know, I'm talking and working with their providers and their doctors, you know, I'm always thinking about, you know, what can I share with you guys from my experience? You know, what am I doing? What am I hearing from other parents, you know, that seems to be a problem or, you know, seems to be a good thing that I think all of you guys could benefit from too. So, you know, I'm always just thinking about ways that I can make Know your lives better, and what information that I can bring to you guys to help you out more. And so, today, what we're going to talk about in this episode is we're going to talk about three warning signs that your child's provider is interfering with your self trust. This is going to be a really good one, and this is one that I am seeing up coming up a lot right now for parents, and I really want to dive into it. So Get that mug of coffee ready, sit down in a comfy place because we're about to chat about it. Hey mama, welcome to Raising Deaf Kids. Do you want more ease in your daily life? Do you want to help your child learn language faster but have no idea where to start? Do you find yourself searching for how to learn sign language and best ways to practice speech goals? Hey, I'm Elaine. I'm a mom of three littles, two of whom are deaf. I remember when I received the hearing loss diagnosis for our child, there were so many decisions and information overload. I lacked clarity and confidence and yearned for ease and balance in our lives. It was then that I discovered strategies to support our kids' language development at home, and I even helped them learn language faster. I can't wait to share it all with you. So put down that to-do list, close out that ASL app for now, and let's get started. Did you know that I have a free community of women just like you? Busy moms who want to help their kids learn language faster while still getting all of the things done in the house each day. In the community, we share strategies to help our kids learn language faster and lean on each other for encouragement and support in this up and down journey of hearing loss with your kids. If you haven't found your community yet, then welcome home, Mama. Come join us at facebook.com slash group slash Raising Deaf Kids. Okay, I am going to open up with a story or a couple of stories just about parents that I have heard from lately that kind of led me to talk about this subject today. So my first story is over the past weekend, I was at a conference for an organization called The Care Project. It's an organization um, to support parents of deaf and hard of hearing kids um, here in North Carolina. And I was at Beach in North Carolina. So that was great. And I was at this, you know, this conference for parents and professionals. And one of the professionals, you know, who gave a talk, I've heard her give a talk actually at the Hands and Voices Conference early in 2023. And she, like, she has a really moving story. And this was the second time I've heard it. And I, you know, got different stuff from it the second time around than I did the first time around, but still like equally moving the second time around. But basically what really made an impression on me about her story was she talked about how many really bad providers and professionals they started out with in their child's life. So her child, they have like a very traumatic birth story and her child is, you know, deaf and also you know, has a host of other medical challenges as well, you know, and they weren't even sure if he was gonna, you know, make it past like eight days, like after he was born. So, you know, a pretty difficult beginning. And you know, what she kept talking about, what made an impression on me was, you know, how all of the medical professionals were talking to her as a parent, telling her that she shouldn't be trying to, like, save her child, that he was going to die anyway. Telling her that they were using hospital resources for a child that was just getting ready to die. And why are they using these resources? Nurses came up to her and, like, yelled at her and told her she was being a delusional mother, that her child wasn't going to, you know, get better, that he wasn't going to live, that she was kidding herself. And spoiler alert, that child is 10 years old now. Right. It's an incredible, like miraculous story, to be honest. And, you know, the child that they said weren't, wasn't going to make it past eight days of life is now 10 years old today, still with medical challenges. But, you know, the family is thriving, you know, and she took him home and you know, she was talking about, you know, just all the medical providers that, you know, would come and, you know, come to her house and, You know, asked her really insensitive questions or, you know, asked her, you know, why she wasn't holding her baby when her baby was just being like any other baby and, you know, laying down in the crib and going to sleep. And, you know, a provider came into her house and asked her, like, why she wasn't holding her baby. And she's like, he's sleeping. You know, this was her first child. So she was also a first time mother, you know, professionals who have worked with children and, like, this is their job, (laughs) you know, and, What I really got from that and kind of what she talked about was how overwhelming it was. And what I realized is that when you have a series of bad providers, that those bad providers slowly and over time chip away at your self-trust as a parent. And we'll talk about this a little bit later. But self-trust in this game with having deaf and hard of hearing kids or, you know, Deaf plus kids or special needs kids, you need your self-trust because that is how you are going to, you know, make the decisions for your child and how you know that you're going to make the the right decisions for your child. And I don't know if any of you are in this space. Unfortunately, there's enough of you listening now that there probably are some people who are resonating with this or, you know, someone who would resonate with this that, you know, providers came in. And slowly chipped away at your self-trust, made you rethink what you were doing, you know, made you second guess what you were thinking about your child. And um, my second story about this, and what was really the catalyst to, you know make me do this podcast episode today. Was as I was sitting in that doctor's office with my five year old this morning, you know, I was looking at different groups on Facebook that I'm a part of. And one of the groups I was a part of, one of the parents was talking about how her daughter, who's a little bit older, just got her first cochlear implant and her daughter is wheelchair bound. And after the surgery, her daughter was, you know, propelling herself in her wheelchair, which is very normal for this. Child. That is how she gets around. And a doctor like yelled at this mother and told her that it was not safe and her child should be not wheeling around in a wheelchair. And, you know, the thing is, the mother okayed her child. She gave her child permission to do that. She assessed her child, felt like her child was in an okay state to do this. And, you know, my reaction is, you know, no one told me. That my babies, after their surgery, couldn't crawl. You know, my kids, after their surgery, a day after their cochlear implant surgeries, were crawling around on the floor because they're babies. Like, you know, they were 11 months old. And nobody told me, oh, your baby shouldn't be crawling. But, you know, they're telling her and yelling at this mother about her choice to let her child have independence and propel herself in a wheelchair, which is how she gets around. The same thing as how my babies got around when they were crawling. It's the same thing, and so that's that. Reading that was kind of the message to me that you know said, okay, I need to talk about this today because this is obviously a very big problem where professionals and uh, medical doctors are making parents second guess yourselves and second guess the decisions that you're making for your child and second guessing what you feel is right for your child. And so I want to talk about, you know, how does this happen? And like I said, this, you know, devolving of your self-trust, it takes time. Usually, you know, you can kind of recover if it's just like one provider. You know, if you have one like bad off provider, you'd be just get a second opinion, you know. But when you unfortunately have a series of, Like multiple providers who are constantly, you know, second guessing your decisions for your child, telling you that you're wrong, pressuring you to do something else that you don't want to do for your child, Um, then that will start chipping away slowly at your own self trust. And what I want to talk about (laughs) today are three warning signs that, you know, your child's provider or the professionals in your child's life might be chipping away at your own self-trust so that you can recognize when and if this is happening to you. So number one way is the provider or professional says it's their way or the highway. Okay, and so in this situation, the professional is all-knowing, right? They are the expert. They know everything and what they say goes basically, you know, and I want to like stop for a second and say that I do respect medical professionals and providers. So, you know, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to them. I do understand that they, you know, went to school for a long time. They have this knowledge that I don't have. But what I want you to know is that you are the expert in your child. And so what should be happening is the medical professional and the parent should be collaborating together on this. More about that in a second. You know, so they're aware of the highway. The professional is all knowing. They aren't open to discussion with you as the parent. They, you know, it's their way or nothing else. And they aren't open to hearing what you want for your child because they've already made up their mind that they know the diagnosis. They know the path. You know, they've done this a hundred times and this is what, you know, they're going to do if you stay with them as a provider. And, you know, like I said, this chips away at your self-trust, you know, because parents do see professionals as what they are, which is having, you know, the extra education and knowledge that you don't have. And that is true. And that is where I said it should be a collaborative effort because it's true, the professionals, have knowledge and information and experience that you don't have that you know your child so you have knowledge and experience with your child that the professional doesn't have so what you should be doing is coming together with the expert knowledge you know of the situation what's going on of the diagnosis and your expert knowledge as a parent of your child And put that together, and that's where everything happens, okay? But many professionals, you know, just want it, you know, their way or nothing at all. And then you start to second-guess yourself because you think, as a parent, well, they're the professional. They have the degree. Maybe they know something or recognize something that I don't. And then that kind of keeps fun, you know, and it decreases your self trust. So the number two way that professionals chip away at the self-trust of parents is they see that the problem is not them, it's you. And so these type of providers often see parents as an annoyance and they are often very like condescending and even sometimes outright mean to parents. Okay, And once again, the same thing. You know, when you have a provider who is, you know, condescending with you, doesn't want to have discussion and sees you as more of annoyance, then you start thinking, well, maybe I'm not making the right decision. Maybe I am bothering them too much. Or maybe they're right. Maybe I am being too optimistic. Maybe I don't understand the situation. Okay. And that keeps chipping away at you trusting yourself to assess your own child and make the right decisions for your own child. And the number three way is they just outright give up on the case when um, they don't have any more answers and, you know, when things may not be going their way. And, you know, this is kind of a big blow to your self-trust when a provider gives up on your child. Um, You know, and I think one of the things is that, you know, parents and you probably – well, you know, if the professional is giving up and they like, this is what they do for a living, this is what they have their degree in. If they're giving up, then, you know, maybe this situation is too much to handle. Like maybe it is lost. Maybe we can't do anything about it. You know, maybe I was wrong in trusting this professional, you know, so it chips away at your self-trust and that you start thinking maybe you're not capable of, Um, choosing the right professionals or the right professional team for your child. And, you know, like I said, this happens gradually over time. Like I said, usually I see parents recover a little bit better, you know, when it's just like a one-off provider and, you know, just get a second opinion and it's fine. But when it's multiple providers that are giving you multiple bad providers that are giving you the same messages then you start to believe those messages as a parent. And the dangerous part about that is you start looking at the professionals as the only people who can make decisions for your child instead of looking at yourself as the capable parent that you are from making the decisions. And so when parents get to me and I start talking to them and coaching with them, you know, some of the things that I hear parents that kind of, Let me know that their self-trust has kind of been taken away by some providers is, you know, I hear things from parents like, I don't know what to do, right? You have all these options, all this information, the provider is telling you to do one thing. You don't want to do it and you don't know what to do because you don't trust yourself anymore to make that the right decision. Parents often also say, I'm struggling or I'm anxious or overwhelmed. So if you're feeling any of those ways, I I would like for you to take a look at you know what the professionals and what the providers are saying in your life. Okay, because like I said at the beginning to continue on in this journey with special needs kids, self-trust is a huge like necessity for you. Right? Because you are making sometimes really difficult decisions for your kids. And you are very often making decisions for your kids in, you know, an area that has no roadmap, you know, like you're going down a road without a map, you have no idea where you're going. And that's all of us. No one prepares us for having kids with hearing loss or with any other, you know, challenges, medical or otherwise. And we get that. And then all of a sudden we have to like, you know, make the appropriate decisions, and it's important for you to trust yourself, to know that you are the expert of your child. You are with your child every day. You see your child every day and that you can make those decisions. And so it's not helpful when prof- when professionals constantly are second guessing you or saying that they are, are only going to do things a certain way because you start getting that doubt cycle. In your mind, and then it just starts getting spiraling. Spiral spiraling. I'm sorry, I can't say that word, guys. I'm probably gonna try to say it again though, because it's the only words coming up in my head. Anyway, you know, you start to get into this cycle of not trusting yourself, not trusting yourself, and then you only want to let the providers or let the school team make the decisions for your child and you, you are the parent and like you ultimately have to make the decision. You have to make the school decisions, right? You have to make the therapy decisions. You have to make the medical decisions, okay? It is up to you, okay? Certainly you can ask the opinion of these people, but you have to have enough trust in yourself to know that you can get the information, but then you can make the right decision. And it might be a decision that's different from you know, what the professional or what the provider wants you to do or recommends for you to do. And that's okay because you know your child. And so I wanted to just encourage you guys today, you know, just let you know if you have some providers that are doing these three things, a provider that thinks it's like they're aware of the highway, a provider that seems to see you as the problem as a parent. And, you know, in cases, if you've ever had a provider, just like give up, <laughs> on your family. Know that that can actually be a form of like trauma. And that does take like healing, you know, and a little bit of like grieving to go through that process. And I want to encourage you that if you're experiencing any of that from your providers, any of your providers or professionals or anybody from like your IEP team, that you have a right to get second opinions and you, or third opinions or fourth opinions, and you have the right to shop around providers Until you get one who is respectful and who, you know, sees parents as collaborators, which is what you are, instead of, you know, an annoyance and getting in the way of what they really want to do. So I hope that this episode encouraged you today. I hope at least it helped you know that you aren't alone, right? Because I'm hearing this from a lot of parents. I also want to let you know that we have a community. So, you know, if you're feeling like your providers or, you know, the professionals around your children are not listening to you as a parent, that they're not, that you're trying to collaborate and they're not collaborating with you, come into our free Facebook community. Um, It is at facebook.com slash group slash Raising Deaf Kids. And that's going to be in the show notes. And, you know, come tell us about it. So this community is open. You know, we have questions that go on and and the parents in the community are also free to ask their own questions in here. And I would love to see you guys in that community, you know, so that you can ask your questions or get advice and we can help you with that because that is a really hard place to be in. And many other parents have been in this situation where their providers are chipping away at their self-trust and that's not a good thing and it's you know time to look at finding some different providers and we would love to just like support encourage you through that so that you know that you're not going through this alone and that you do have a community of other parents who are going through the same thing that you're going through and I hope this podcast today this episode you know calmed down your soul a little bit I hope you were able to sip some coffee with me I've been drinking. coffee out of my Luke's mug this whole time. And, you know, I hope that it was encouraging for you and informative to be able to assess the providers in your life to make sure you have the right professionals around you and your child and helping you and your child. So if you like this episode, come back next Tuesday, because we're going to talk about The second part of this and what to do to like rebuild your self-trust. So today we talked about how to know if the providers are chipping away at your self-trust. And then um, next week on Tuesday, we're going to talk about, you know, what you can do to kind of rebuild that self-trust in yourself so that you feel capable of making, you know, the decisions that you need to make for your child. And I want to thank you so much for being here today and tune in on Thursday of this week. I have such a fantastic episode. I had a chat with Sarah Ulsher from the online shop Mighty and Bright. And we talk all things visual schedules, which you guys have like changed the communication <laughs> and like levels in my house between me and my husband, between us and the kids, the, like it's one of those things you'll hear in the episode on Thursday that shouldn't work, but it does. And so I had Sarah on to talk all about the visual schedules that she, she creates and what is best, and I didn't even know this until we met to chat, is she has a daughter who wears hearing aids. Um, so she also is like part of our community as well. And so that's coming up on Thursday and I cannot wait for you to hear that episode. I hope you have a good rest of your day and I'll see you on Thursday. Hey mama, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If so, would you take 30 seconds and subscribe to this podcast? I never want you to miss an episode and to be without valuable information to help you and your family. Also, please leave a quick written review for the show on Apple podcasts. It lights me up to know this podcast is helping you. Now go check off the rest of your to-do so you can love on your family today and I'll meet you here every Tuesday and Thursday for podcast episodes to support your whole family in language learning. Ciao, mama!